Hello, this is episode eight of season one. And this season has been all about what matters most in designing your new home or renovation. In this episode, I'll be sharing how to use volume to create spaciousness in your home. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Most homeowners that I speak to, they dream of a home that feels spacious. And then they fall into the trap of believing that for a home to feel spacious, it means that their home just has to be bigger. Look, it's understandable, especially when renovating or building a family home, because often the need to renovate or build will be brought about because we feel we need more space. This might be because of the addition of new family members, or perhaps it might be because our existing family members are growing and becoming more active. So spaciousness and achieving spaciousness becomes about creating more space or extra space. So bigger rooms and extra rooms. There are a few ways to achieve spaciousness, even in the most compact of homes, and not all of them are about more space or extra space. In fact, it's worth knowing that more space won't necessarily bring a feeling of spaciousness to your home. Spaciousness is, of course, the physical sense of space, that sense of your home feeling generous and free and open. However, spaciousness is also a mental state as well. And, well, when homeowners tell me that they want their home to be spacious, I like to dig a little deeper. And I often find that they'll link this idea of spaciousness and this sense of spaciousness to a peace and a calm about their home. So they want their homes to feel peaceful and calm and they want to feel at peace and calm in their homes too. And this is where achieving spaciousness can really help. When you think about spaciousness as more than just simply extra space or more space, you can really harness the opportunities for it to bring peace and calm to your home as well. Because you can realise then that you can bring a mental spaciousness to your home. And no, I'm not talking about that empty-headed kind. But this is about getting a freedom from the everyday niggles. So that you can actually save your mental energy for the important stuff that needs it. Not the everyday inconveniences and annoyances. Because then your mental energy also feels generous and free and open. And that's how you get spaciousness too. So can the design of your home really help with improving your mental energy and creating this sense of spaciousness? Well, I believe that a sign of great design is that you don't even notice it. But that sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But I believe that when our homes are designed well, they actually make our lives better. They make them simpler, more convenient, more beautiful, more fun. They work so well and they enable us to seamlessly integrate them into our everyday life. 
Look, this may be hard to imagine that this is even possible if you're living in a home that's a daily inconvenience. I know some homeowners who are planning a renovation or new home. You know, they experience a home which is just, it's another hurdle to them that they have to overcome every day to go about their daily life of juggling family and friends and work and other commitments. And so it's really hard to envisage that it's even possible to have a home that is that convenient, that just feels so good, that just gets out of your way and helps you be the best version of yourself. It is possible though, and it's actually the aim. Because when you have a home with great functional design, that's when it feels great. And that's when you can feel great in it. It actually helps you live better each and every day. And that's when your home can provide relaxation and restoration. And it helps you go out into the world each day, inspired and ready to be the best you possible. Can you imagine what our world would be like if everybody headed out each day as the best version of themselves? Oh, that would just be amazing. It'd be so exciting. And it's actually one of the main things that drives me in Undercover Architect, because I really want to help you create a home that does this for you. So this episode and the three after this one will help you see what's possible in creating spaciousness in your home. And I'm talking about physical and mental spaciousness, which of course flows into an emotional spaciousness as well. I'll be taking you through how to use light to create spaciousness. I'll also be sharing how great storage solutions can create spaciousness. And then in the last episode for this very first season of the podcast, Get It Right, I'll be giving you tips about how to use indoor-outdoor connections to create spaciousness as well. Now in this episode, I'm going to be giving you tips and tricks on how to use volume to create spaciousness in your home. So let's dive in. So what is volume when we design our homes and how can it actually create spaciousness? In our homes, volume is the three-dimensional shape of our spaces and it's contained by the walls, the floors and the ceilings. Volume, of course, is the space that we're going to occupy and live in every day. So it stands to reason then that the shape the proportion and the size of the volumes in our homes can create spaciousness. I mean, volume is space contained, isn't it? So how that space is contained can be spacious, generous, open and free, or right at the other end of the spectrum, it can be mean and closed and tight and pokey. However, spaciousness doesn't necessarily come from making the volumes bigger. So much about creating volume in your home is about leading the eye. So the experience of those spaces can actually be about you feeling all of them and seeing all of them and experiencing all of them. And I'll share more about this in detail when we start talking about how to use light to create spaciousness in the next episode. Just thinking about creating spaciousness using volume, it's also about creating containment because it's important to remember that so much about our homes is about feeling anchored and safe and secure. You know, that means that our homes actually embrace us. They actually wrap some shelter around us in the way that they contain us. And this may sound strange, but when we create volumes, we're actually claiming space as our own. We create spaciousness by claiming space as ours. And whether it's inside our home or outside of it, defining space and defining the edges of space actually will help things feel more spacious rather than space just kind of fettering and disappearing out into open air. So what happens when we get this wrong? Well, there are a few things that can go wrong when we don't execute this idea of how to use volume in our homes well, when we really don't understand how volume can play a significant role in creating spaciousness in our homes. And I'm going to take you through now three main ones that I see regularly. 
The first mistake that we can make is that we miss the opportunity altogether to use volume really well. I see this happen when homeowners think about their homes as designing a floor plan. So they may be doing this on their own or they may be working with a designer. But what will happen is that they're literally, they're just outlining rooms and they're working with the width and the lengths of rooms to make sure that they get them right. And then they'll literally just elevate that floor plan or extrude it. So what they're doing is that they're just thinking about their home in two dimensions, always sort of thinking about it on paper. And then they're just running a flat ceiling height the whole way through. And it's literally like just elevating that floor plan. And so there's a whole opportunity that's been missed there in how to play with the volume to enhance the spaciousness of the home because it's always just been thought about in two dimensions. The second thing that can go wrong with volumes and how they can be used to create spaciousness is that they're designed in a way that they're poorly proportioned. So they can either be too small or they can be too large. So an example of when a volume is too small is when you get these vertical tunnels of voids throughout a home. So I see this happen when homeowners, they've been insistent about having a void in their entry space of their home, for example. So you walk into the front door, you open the front door and due to the void being squeezed in because it's kind of considered the dumb thing that you have a void when you enter your front door what happens is that you're actually standing in this really weird vertical volume that doesn't make a home feel spacious. You actually just feel like you're standing in this weird kind of tunnel of space. Or worse still, you don't even notice it. And all this money's been invested on creating this void and actually losing usable floor space to this weird void. And it's not doing the job of creating spaciousness in your home. The flip side is that a volume can be too large. And this is when voids are created in our homes that feel cavernous or they cause acoustic problems for us. You know, we want our homes to have an intimacy about them and we want to feel sheltered and contained. Yet, you know, we may be sitting at our dining table and we have metres and metres of space above us and no sense of scale about the place. And we're sitting down, so that makes us feel even worse. You know, we could be sitting in an art gallery and hard surfaces in void spaces like that they'll make it really difficult to have intimate dinner party conversations or family dinners because you'll just have all of this noise bouncing off hard surfaces and this spaciousness that we were chasing is actually it's undoing the intimacy of our homes as comfortable welcoming places to be because we just feel as at a human scale that we're totally overwhelmed in these large volumes. The third thing that can go wrong is that volumes aren't contained. So this builds on this last idea of how volumes can be too large or not have the scale that we need them to have in order to feel sheltered and contained. And of course, another problem that we have is that they don't contain us at all because they literally just bleed out into open air without any sense of edge. Because what happens then is that we actually feel uneasy when we sit in them. And when we sit in and around our homes, we want this sense of anchoring and belonging and of containment. And when we have these volumes that just kind of don't do that and they just disappear out into open air, they don't bring that sense of containment to our homes. And and most likely too, they're going to be exposing us to really strong sunlight because they're not going to be providing the shade that we need in our homes as well. So uncontained volumes, they'll lose the sense of attachment to our homes because they just disappear into open space. And if all that space is just bleeding around the edges of your home and it's difficult to claim it as your own, it actually won't add a sense of spaciousness to your home at all. 
Now, this is particularly relevant in the outdoor areas of our home or our alfresco areas. You know, you think of people that create these really lovely large two-storey volume spaces of their outdoor areas, but with no edge or containment on them. So I'm going to share some images on the website that you can head to to see examples of projects that are doing this really well and get an idea of, of how to create this at your place. Okay, so if you head to the show notes, you'll get the link. Otherwise, head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash spaciousness dash volume. All right. And as I said, that link will be in the show notes. Now, what happens when we get this right? <laughs> Look, it may be obvious, but when we get volumes right, it actually enhances the spaciousness of our home. You know, that's what we're talking about here all along. And it, it's without necessarily making our homes significantly bigger in order to achieve this. The best way, I think, is to demonstrate with some tips for you to use volume in your design. Because when you understand how you can play with volume, then you can really use it as a tool to create spaciousness. And this isn't about adding heaps of money to your budget in order to make this happen. This is about tweaking what you're already doing just to make that really significant difference to how your home feels and how spacious your home feels. Okay, so here's some tips to do it well. And the first tip is to use contrast. Now, you may love ice cream, but if you ate ice cream day in, day out, every single meal, chances are that the surprise, delight and enjoyment of ice cream would start to disappear. Granted, it may take a while <laughs> if you love ice cream, but eventually it would start to wear off. Okay. And the same goes for space and for volume in our homes. When we create a contrast between the volumes of spaces, it actually accentuates them and enhances how they feel overall. You know, think about it. If you're moving from one big space to another big space, then into another big space, and there's no real kind of difference between them, it all feels a bit same, same, doesn't it? And you kind of lose then the magic and wonder of it. We talk about this idea of contrast in a volume in architecture as expansion and contraction. And it's that feeling of making smaller volumes and then larger ones and sitting them next to each other so that when you move through them, you enhance the experience of each of them. So think about when you walk through a hallway with a low ceiling and then you walk into a room with lovely high ceilings and big areas of glazing. You know, the second space, that large space, feels so much more dramatic, more spacious, more generous because you've had the experience and the contrast of walking through that initial more constrained and contracted space. That feeling of drama and spaciousness, that can happen over and over and over again each time you move from a smaller volume into the larger one and vice versa. Look, I often use this when I'm trying to create zones in a home and I'm trying to design a home that has sort of a feeling of different zones in it. Our floor plans in modern homes, just by virtue of the way that we design them, they're often quite open plan and they, they can tend not to have much delineation between the spaces. So this is where volume can actually be really helpful in delineating zones. You can use lower ceilings to create thresholds between spaces. So similar to how moving through a doorway might feel, that contraction of space by perhaps moving under a lower ceiling or through a slightly tighter volume, that can be really noticeable as you move through your home. And you'll actually perceive this like you're moving through a doorway without necessarily needing the doorway there. You can feel this sense of, of moving across a threshold from one space to another. So think about this when you're wanting to create a threshold between, for example, the, the semi-public, say, living areas of your home and the more private parts of your home, like your bedroom or your kids' bedrooms. 
Tip number two is to remember to bring the scale down to bring comfort and intimacy into your spaces. You know, one of the worst things that we can do is that we create overwhelming volumes in our homes that actually feel uncomfortable for us to sit in on a regular basis. We create them for that dramatic effect, that wow factor of spaciousness in our home. However, on an everyday basis, sitting in them every day, particularly if you're sitting down for dinner or you're sitting watching television, you can feel totally dwarfed by the shape and the size of these spaces and they'll diminish the intimate and comfortable experience of your home. Because this is the thing, we want our homes to feel spacious and to feel cosy. Now you can bring down the scale of your volumes to help with this, all right? So you can actually have these large volumes, but then bring down the scale of them so that you can relate to them when you're sitting at your dining table, sitting in your lounge room furniture. Now, this is where you start to introduce things in that will bring things down to eye level and that the experience of the space gets brought back down to that human scale. Now, a really simple way to do this is with pendant lighting. So you'll often see this in dining areas, uh, for example, where they'll have large voids, but then they'll achieve this human scale by bringing pendant lighting hanging over the dining table. And that will actually reduce the scale of the space down to your level. And the feature lighting will also become a lovely, lovely sort of dramatic talking point within that void overall. Tip number three is to use the idea of creating spaciousness using volume in collaboration with the other means of creating spaciousness. So over the coming episodes, I'm going to be taking you through some of the other tools that you can use to create spaciousness. And this is both physical and mental spaciousness. You know, these tools, these design strategies, they all work best when they're used in collaboration with each other. So keep listening to the coming episodes and you'll really get armed with some great design strategies to create spaciousness in your home. Even the most compact of homes can feel spacious, generous and open, and they can give that joy, peace and calm in a small footprint. Now I've got one last tip for you, and that's this. I really encourage you to get help with understanding the three-dimensional quality of the spaces that you're designing for your new home or for your renovation. I see a lot of homeowners struggle with interpreting uh, two-dimensional drawings into three-dimensional spaces. You know, when you're not inside the industry or doing this on an everyday basis, it's completely understandable. Construction will start on site and then things are a surprise. You know, these homeowners, they didn't expect the spaces to feel or look the way that they do in reality. And the image that they had from looking at their floor plans in their imagination, it's totally different to what's being built on site. And of course, now any change that they want to make, it can usually be very costly. It can sometimes not even be possible and it will cause time delays in your project as well. If you can't read floor plans, if you can't read floor plans, sections or elevations and then interpret or translate them into three-dimensional spaces that they're representing, then I really encourage you to get some help. You know, even if your designer doesn't provide this service as part of what they do, there are lots of services available online where you can get computer models done of your home. There's lots of rendering services that will take your floor plans and your elevations and your sections and they'll turn them into a 3D drawing for you. And this can be before you sign off your design and you start construction. If you're using one of these services though, I just check what you're getting. Sometimes they'll all they'll send you is a still shot, like one single photograph of the outside of this 3D model. If you actually specifically want to get that 3D model and be able to open up in some free software on your computer and orbit around it, or you want to be able to walk through it or look at little movies that are walkthroughs, then just make sure that you're requesting the right things in terms of um, what you're wanting to get and use in that 3D model. 
don't forget the old-fashioned way either. As well as designers doing it, I've actually seen homeowners build cardboard models of their home. And it may sound like a lot of hard work, but I'm often surprised that homeowners, they'll, they'll just go ahead with their construction without actually fully understanding how their project's going to look or feel and what it's going to be like to use those spaces on an everyday basis. If you're working with a designer that you trust implicitly and that you know you know, has a reputation of doing a really great job and getting this right, then that may be totally okay that you don't understand it and you're not across it completely. But if you're not, you're designing your home yourself or you're working with a designer that you don't have that level of trust in, then honestly, a little time testing the home out and its spaces in model form, be it in a computer or in a, you know, a cardboard model, it's going to be time well spent before you make all of these choices permanent ones that you're going to have to live with on a daily basis. In the next episode, I'm going to be taking you through how to use light to create spaciousness. And this in combination with volume, it can bring serious magic to the experience of your home and the drama and the wow factor that you're seeking, as well as the everyday joy and delight. And of course, then the last two episodes, we're going to talk about great storage solutions to create spaciousness and how to use indoor-outdoor connections to create spaciousness as well. This is really going to round out this season of what matters most when designing your home and these choices to make first so that you can get it right in your new home or your renovation. So until next time, head to the website at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash spaciousness dash volume for some example projects that I'll have there too that will really show you how to use volume in a really lovely way to create spaciousness in your home. If you can't remember that link, just remember to uh, head to the show notes and I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining me here at Get It Right with Undercover Architect. Now, if you've enjoyed listening, please head to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. That way you'll be the first to know about new episodes and you'll also help others like you find out about this podcast. And to be honest, who doesn't need help when it comes to renovating and building? If you have friends or family planning their future homes, please share this podcast with them too. Remember to head to the Undercover Architect website at www.undercoverarchitect.com. There you can see more information on podcast topics and you can learn lots more about how to get it right. You can also access downloadable freebies, plus learn more about my online program and one-to-one services. This has been Amelia Lee, The Undercover Architect. Thank you so much for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.